wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. What's up, homies? I'm so glad that you are here. Today, I'm here with Molly DeFrank. Molly is a mom to six kids, you guys, six. And when I was talking to her just barely, I was like, you have six kids. And I put up seven fingers and now I just barely put up eight. So we're just having a little bit of a hard time on the math front, but six children, which is exactly double of what I have. And I am paying homage in the, in the greatest to that. She's the author of Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. And she's all about breaking your kids from digital entertainment obsession. And the way that you say that is so compelling. Anyway, Molly, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here, Carly. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes, this is great. So a lot of you listening are like me, where we're like, outside, it's so easy. My kids can just self-play and self-independence and self-regulate. Like, it's easy when we're outside. But when we're inside, things get loud quick. Things almost break a lot of times. And they're always hungry. And I want, I want to feel like I feel outside, but I want to feel inside. And I find that when I'm triggered, I want to turn on the TV because I'm like, I know they will just sit still and listen, but I also don't want to do that. So what advice do you have for us, Molly? Take it away. Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. And you're really hitting on, you're striking a nerve with me too. Um, That is like, you've identified the, the mom struggle of our generation. It's like, we get to go online and see all these perfect, beautiful homes and we want our kids to do all the Pinteresty things, all the sweet little crafts, but we don't want to pay for the mess later. And it's like, okay, <laughs> do we just put on another show, give them another 30 minutes of screen time? Um, but the, the parents I help are just stuck in this cycle of using the digital babysitter, of using that device, that show, another half hour of the, the tablet, whatever. And then they pay for it later with the meltdowns and kids that are resembling like zombies little linda blair vibe you know and you're like what is wrong with my kid um and the the truth here is that there isn't something uniquely wrong with your kid this is um inherent to the design of this technology and it's bringing out the worst in all of our kids so if you're listening and if you're like yeah this tech stuff is stressing me out can i just reassure you you're not alone 85 percent of parents are stressed out by their kids' tech use. It is a stressful thing. We went from in one generation, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, okay, we'd watch Saturday morning cartoons and then something boring would come on and we'd go (laughs) outside and play. Yep. You know, it was, and now there is no end to the internet. Like you can have, you can watch or play something forever until the end of your life. And that's what kids are doing. That's what they're falling into. And even really good parents, which is probably like your listeners who are conscientious moms, they're they're trying, um, they have really good intentions. They're feeling really bogged down because you look around and you're like, well, an hour a day, is that okay? Two hours a day, they have to get their you know chores done first. Is that fine? But we're still seeing the negative effects. And look, we're all stuck in this thing, but what I love doing is helping free parents from, from feeling stuck, from 
um, from getting in this swamp and getting out of it. Yes, Yes. no. And (laughs) the best part about it is, is the fix is simpler than you think. And you are going to be blown away by the results. It is the single best parenting decision we made was giving our kids a digital detox, taking it all digital entertainment away for two weeks. You will have brand new children. Um, I promise you that it will change your life in the best way. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like moving off the grid forever and like turning your own butter. Although, you know, great. If you like to do that kind of thing, which is where we live, like we literally live off the grid and we still struggle with this. So for all of you off grid people, like the internet, Starlink, it's everywhere. 100%. Yeah, we got a Starlink (laughs) sitting on our chimney right now. We're a little out of of here. But, you know, we like television. We like enjoying family movies together, too. And and that's the thing, the struggle that parents are are dealing with today. It's like, well, what is that right place? And that's what I help parents do is put technology in its right place in your home. It's going to look a little different for every family. And it should because no one knows your kids like you do. No one knows. You're looking at what I'm, I'm thinking about my six. And one of my kids can do an hour of a specific video game on the weekend. And I still get that kid back at the end of that screen time. I got another kid. If that kid looks at an iPad at grandma's house or plays on it for five minutes, she's gone. Like we can't get her back. She's like completely dysregulated, falling apart. And there's actually science to support this. I kind of fell into this. I experimented on my kids out of frustration. I'm like, forget this. We're done. (laughs) You guys are zombies. We're taking it all away. And it was very, very scary because I thought, well, now they're just going to be staring at me whining for screens and it's going to be horrible. But that's not what happened. And that's not what parents who I help, that's not what happens for them either. Their kids actually just kick it into creative mode and they start making and doing and exploring and reading. And it's really awesome. Um, But yeah, the, the best thing is that there's science and data to support that. And I put a lot of that in the book. The book is mostly like practical, how to get through the two weeks and then how to make a long-term plan to keep your results, but not go full Amish if you don't want to, if you do, Mm -hmm. more power to you. Um, But yeah, that's what I do is I help parents with that. So your journey, you said you just got to a point where you're like, this might work, let's try it. Or had you read research? How did you fall into this? What was, what was that experience like? You know, I kind of dove in without checking the water. Um, so that's, that's why I, I <laughs> yeah, I just kind of went for it because the, I didn't read any of the research or the data. Um, I did not appreciate what the technology was doing to my kids' brains. I did not understand there was a physiological change happening. I didn't understand the dopamine, all these things that I have learned since. So basically what I did was like, I came home one day from running errands and one of my kids greeted me at the door, not with, hi, mommy, but with, can I play on your phone? And I was so irritated. I'm like, you know, that's the last straw because like most parents, if you've been raising kids in the, you know, my oldest was born in 2009. And if you've been raising kids since then, the iPad came out in 2011, we've been buying into this marketing and trusting it saying, yeah, this is a great way to entertain our kids. It's educational. We'll raise little Einsteins. And yet the marketing didn't match our experience. What we actually saw was that the screen timer dings and our kids fall apart. They turn into these monsters. They're unrecognizable. And it, and you can feel a little bit of shame. Like, why are they acting like this isn't them? Like what's going on? And so it wasn't until my, my son greeted me with that question. I'm like, boom, I'm done. I don't like this. This is such a, such a like yucky situation. So I called my husband at work and I said, Hey, I think we need to cut all of it out. 
he was totally on board for that. He's like, look, man, you stay home. You're going to have to bear the brunt of the fallout. So if you're in, I, I support this completely. And it wasn't a good time for our family. Um, frankly, like if I had researched and planned it out, I would look at everything going, okay, we're homeschooling two kids. This is pre COVID. Um, I had, we had a new foster placement. I had two, three-year-olds. It was not a good time to take on something challenging, but we went for it anyway. And what we found was it just changed everything. Not only was it just, you know, taking away those meltdown moments for the most part, but it kind of opened this door for them to actually create and explore inside, just like they do outside. And it, the the shocking thing was that it gave us more time, me and my husband both, to like they started playing independently for longer. Um, they started playing more cooperatively for longer periods of time. And so it's sort of this counterintuitive thing where you think, oh, now I'm going to have to become this like camp counselor parent and entertain them all day long. You've probably seen that like there was this really funny viral reel or TikTok that went around a, a while ago that was some mom saying, since I took away my kid's screen time, now I have to be their entertainment she's like dancing with like hats on in front of her kids it's so funny but that's what we think we think okay well if we take away their entertainment then we need to entertain them and no the more you entertain your kids the more bored they will get you they need to practice boredom negotiation and we've got a whole generation of kids that are deprived of that of opportunities to do that to negotiate their boredom so what you're doing when you give your kids a digital detox is you are giving them back those opportunities and you're really helping your kids flex those creation muscles, those, um, you know, working together with siblings, knocking on the neighbor's door. How are they wired? What are their gifts and talents? And giving them opportunities to hone those things, to explore. And that's where they really thrive for their mental health, for their future. Academically, it will help them later. Um, it's just all across the board beneficial. Mm, what are what are some of these behavioral problems that you've kind of mentioned a little bit? What do you know? What did you notice with your kids behaviorally? Yeah. What does the science say? And what can we do to help the fallout monsters regulate again? Yeah, great question. Um, so this there's a child psychiatrist who had actually coined this new condition she calls electronic screen syndrome, Whoa. and. Yeah, she it's so crazy. Listen to this because she says that the signs of this electronic screen syndrome syndrome are things like irritability. Um, it can disguise itself as ADHD, bipolar disorder, um, multiple Whoa. personality disorder, and it can also exacerbate those conditions. So if your kids have one of those things, it can, um, electronic screen syndrome makes them worse. So um, amped up sibling fights, lack of attention span. Um, kids who appear wired and tired all the time, they're like kind of falling apart frequently. Um, if they low frustration tolerance, these are the kind of the signs that, uh, you know, complaints of boredom that maybe the electronics are having too much a hold on your kids. If they fall apart after screen time, if they act like this is a huge problem for them, if they can transition from you know, a puzzle to a book, just fine. But from a screen to a non-screen, they can't transition very well without falling apart, red flag. So any of those kind of signs, um, going back to that child psychiatrist, what she found is that kids in her practice, they'll come in, parents will bring their child in and say, I think my kid has ADHD. I think my kid has bipolar disorder. She will not diagnose one of these conditions until her clients have undergone a 30-day digital fast because 80% of the time, 
all of those symptoms will go away. So rather than medicate these kids, they can just take it away and kind of rework the digital situation at home. Here's what we didn't, here's what a generation of parents doesn't know, what I didn't know, what I know now through writing and researching for the book. There is a physiological change in our kids' brains. Our kids' devices are purposefully wired to keep them scrolling. And the way they do that is they bake dopamine release points into the apps, into the games, even the stuff that's labeled educational. They are purposefully wired to release excessive amounts of dopamine, that feel-good chemical in the brain. So the amount of dopamine your kid gets from scrolling and tapping their favorite apps is so much higher than what they get from reading a book that it, it can't even compete. It can't compare. So that's why your kid says, I don't want to do that. That's boring. It's not their fault. They're not being ornery. They just, it, it's physiologically, it is boring compared to the amount of dopamine they're that's getting. Fair. So when you take it all away for two weeks, what you're actually doing is you're resetting the dopamine levels in their brain. And now they've got a shot to sort of reawaken interest in real life activities, reading um, an instrument, you know, all these really worthwhile things that will actually help them develop as they get older. Um, you know, and the, the time it's, it's really important that we get this right when our kids are little, because the brain prunes itself. When our kids, there are two major periods of pruning, like I think it's four and five, and then in the early teen years, and whatever connections are being used and practiced will get stronger. And the things the brain isn't using, they will get, they will go away. It'll get pruned. So if your kids, if you got a teenager and they're practicing classical piano and math and face-to-face -face interaction with peers and adults, that they're going to get better at it. But if they're practicing sitting in front of a TV, gaming their days away, they're going to get great at that at the expense of those other things. So we really, it's something we really want to get right for our kids. Mm, I noticed this a huge, to a huge degree in my own home. And it's almost laughable where it's like, oh, what screens have we seen today? Like, what did you see across the park that somebody else was playing with? Because I can tell that you've gone, that you're, you're not there anymore. That's so fascinating. And of course, there are a few other factors that play into it for my kids, which is fun to learn about. But why do you feel like moms reach for the screens? Like what's going on with us that we're using these screens as a crutch. And so we can't, and we don't want to accurately diagnose, like how have we fallen into this whirlpool of believing that screens are fine? Well, first of all, I, I really like to just encourage moms, first of all, that I don't think there is any shame in oh, yeah. looking at this situation and saying, you know what? I believed I tried out the technology that was available that was marketed to me as advantageous for my kid. And then noticing um, hmm, it, the marketing didn't deliver on the promise and then changing course. I think there's no shame in that. In fact, I think that is a sign of a mature and wise and responsible parent is you try oh. something, you're like, this doesn't work. Let's try something new. So I just, just let's like kick any shame. This, this conversation can have so much shame parenting in general, but this one too. Um, so I try to like suck that out of the room if we're talking, um, but you know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I think that that is the first thing is we were, we, tr we want what's best for our kids. And early on, the trend was give your kids this, this smartphone, like help them get ahead in life. Um, and unfortunately the kids are not 
writing dissertations on the laptops we're giving them. They're not using it to to research and get adva- and learn advanced physics or whatever. They're using it to binge on entertainment. So I think we just need to be honest with ourselves about what our kids are actually doing on there. And, you know, there is a place for it too. My, my uh, daughter really enjoys, um, like she wants to study computer science when she gets to college. And so we're trying to work through like, okay, how do we give her space for this without say, without lying to ourselves saying like, yeah, she's learning when she's actually just binging on. So I, I think that's just a conversation that um, you know, moms and dads can have together and and kind of just being honest and putting it in its right place and remembering that no one knows your kid as well as you. So so let's take an honest look in the mirror, just like in the same way where if you want to, you know, get right for the summer, you step on the scale, you look at the number, you make changes, you go back to the drawing board, you're like, man, I here's where I can cut out. Here's where I'm vulnerable. Um, and And mom's just owning, gosh, you know, I'm ready to just check out at whatever hour it is. You know, maybe it's like four or five or your kids all get home from school and you're like, everyone's crazy. They need a snack, you know, help. And we want to just like numb them out. But what what we're finding is that our kids, you know, kids' mental health is, this isn't its own epidemic, is our kids' mental health, it, it's, a, it's a disaster right now. Kids are more anxious and depressed than we've ever seen. And they're also interacting less and less with their parents face to face. So we can actually get in front of this by cranking up our interaction and relationship with our kids and kind of just stepping into that uncomfortable zone, that sort of like stressful time of when you want to numb them out, instead you like walk in Um and it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy, but I I promise you that's where the gold is. And, and also, I want to just I think sometimes when you hear what I'm saying, and you're like, "Gosh, does that mean I need a helicopter parent? Does that mean I'm the-? no, not at all. In fact, what you're doing is you're helping create an environment where your kids you're just giving them what you what they need. It's kind of like when you teach your kid how to to ride a bike. You're like getting them set up. You're giving them a little push, and then they fly. So we want to raise kids who are learning the skills for negotiating boredom for um, how to be independent in the real world so that when they fly the coop, they can do all these things. And that's not what this, this generation of kids, it's actually really crazy with the numbers show that especially um, young men are now just like moving back in with their parents and they're not getting jobs and they're playing video games all day and they're not like flying the coop. Um, so we can we can change that between the mental health and equipping our kids to really kind of use their gifts and go out into the world and be independent. And there are things that we can do every day, but it's it's going to take some rolling up of the sleeves and, and getting in there. Mm, that's a great suggestion. I like that. Let's talk about the TV above the mantle. This is one interior design question that I get asked all the time. We're like a station for electronics. What's this place where the home and electronics fuse? And I'm with you. I'm totally aligned with what you say. And I have lots of interesting, fun ideas to think about and talk with my husband from just listening to you now. Um, how do we take this, this goal of wanting to reduce screen time and listen to our kids and be face-to-face with them more? And this this trend of putting our TVs above our fireplace in kind of a central location for the great room of the home. It's almost like our our house revolves around them. Um, What do you suggest? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, 
And the goal of what I do with the digital detox is to, is just what you're talking about, to put it in its right place. It's not to eliminate it all forever because it can be such a blessing and a gift to our families. And um, technology can, can give us great ways to connect and to create. So we don't want to toss it all out. But what we're finding is that most parents, you can't just go straight from the status quo into this new, like lessened amount of screen time. And that's what a lot of parents want to do. And unfortunately you can't because you need to reset those dopamine levels first. And you Mm. need that two weeks as parents to observe your kids and say, what are their giftings? What are their vulnerabilities? What do they need more practice doing? Are they like so debilitatingly shy that they can't chat it up with the the target checker? Like, do they get stressed out? Where are their weak spots? How can we help them grow? So you do need that time. But the goal is, I and I think at the end, and that's the second half of the book, is putting it in its right place. You're going to use your observations from your two-week detox, conversations with your spouse, the research that you see, um, your kids' giftings, and you're going to put it in its right place. Now, whether that means um, physically in its right place, like above your mantle or not. That's a, I think you could go either way on that one. We're actually about to move things around in our living room. And I think we are going to put our TV above our mantle. But so when I say in its right place, what, what we do is we don't really watch TV during the day. Um, in its right place is more of a when for us. So, um, you know, if there's a special playoff baseball game, my kids are big Dodger fans. We'll, we'll make an exception or football. We love to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers, big Steelers fans in our house. Um, but, you know, aside from that, we watch TV. We use it to connect um, with each other to create. And in our home, that works out best on like in the evenings after dinner, after dishes, PJs, all that. We'll sit down and watch a show. We got a couple of shows we love. We love guys go- grocery games. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's so Oh, fun. I do. Yes. <laughs> it's like the best. Makes me so hungry. Um, <laughs> but, but it's so fun. So we, we use it. That's a, a great place for our family. And that's a great way to use it. We do Mario Kart tournaments sometimes as a family on the weekends. Uh, we've taken away video gaming during the week for our kids. We found that the opportunity cost is too high. If our kids after, you know, sports practice and school and snacks and chores and homework, they have what one to two hours of unstructured free time per day. And And even like responsible parents will say, well, you can get an hour of screen time. It's like, well, that's half of their free time. Like, is that what we want? Do we want them spending 50% of their free time that they have in a day on numbing out on gaming? And, and, you know, maybe to be fair, maybe a family says yes. But for me, I'm like, man, there's the outdoors. They can walk around. They can write a story. They can practice their art. They can sit with a sibling or call a friend on the phone. And there's so many things in this great big world for them to hone as kids and get better at that. Um, it's just, it's too important of a thing to not take seriously. I agree. Rah, rah, so much. Do you feel like this is just kind of a random question and I'm wondering what you, what you've observed. Do you feel like the concern that parents have for sending their kids outside, like safety kind of stuff, or even judgment from other parents being like, whose kids are those roaming the neighborhood? Do you feel like that impacts our screen experience? Oh, absolutely. I think that there's so much truth to that. Um, there's some really good research out there. Um, iGen is a book. I think it's actually sitting on a bookshelf behind me. Um, there's a psychologist out of San Diego state who's been studying the differences in generations of kids over the last, like, I don't know, 60 or 75 years. And it's so interesting. And her in combination with Jonathan Haidt 
they they talk about these trends in in both parenting and kids and what's changed and this there's been this whole wave of like safetyism and overparenting where we don't let our kids take risks um we don't let our kids kind of have the freedom and and what's crazy is that i think i'd read that crime and um the dangers out there to our kids is actually at an all-time low but parents are so afraid you know when i was a kid i'd get dropped off at the mall with a couple of buddies and parents don't really do that anymore. So our kids are, um, we're almost helicoptering them and we feel like, well, they're safer, at least in my house, they're safe. Um, but unfortunately our kids are actually safer, probably playing outside or going to the movies with mm. their friends than they, than they are with a Wi-Fi device in their bedroom. You know, the bedroom <laughs> used to be a haven. Right. You used to be able to go and hang out, but now it's like, there's all these creepers on the internet. They're getting bullied. They're getting all kinds of stuff with social media. I mean, we really just need to take inventory and take a minute and read the research. And and I tried to kind of distill it um, and just give the best nuggets in the book because I wanted to be just very proud. There are stacks of books you could read about the problem, stacks and stacks. Sure. And I did that. But what I wanted to give parents in my book is here's the solution and here is the data to support that. But mostly like parents, we're so busy. We've got all the things on our to-do list. Like we don't have time to read volumes. So I wanted to give parents a guide for we know the problem. We see it. We are the experts. Yeah, we hear we know we hear problem. experts telling us like we've seen the kids looking like they're possessed and we need some holy water in our <laughs> living. Like we've seen it. <laughs> you know, what we need is like, how do we get out of it? So that's what I wrote is how do we get out of it? And um, I think that if you're listening and if you decide to try this, I think you will be blown away. I've never had a parent come back to me and say, Yeah, it was just meh. Every <laughs> parent who has come back to me after their detox has said, I cannot believe how quickly this worked. I can't believe how effective it was. I can't believe how much more quality time we have as a family. This changed us in the best ways. Like it's amazing how, how simple it is. Wow. Everybody let's do it. Let's do it. I feel so inspired. That's really fun. And it's fun to know that there are other moms around the world doing this exact same thing. So you're not the only one that's just going to be sitting alone. Like you said, like knitting and whittling because there's nothing yeah. else to do and no friends to be had. Like we're all doing this together and it's a cause worth pursuing. And I've, I've seen the results in my own home. I know you've seen the results in your home and you've seen thousands of others as well. This is so great. Okay. You guys can learn more about what Molly does and about the whole digital detox experience. You can find her book. I imagine on her website. Is that true? Is that the best place to find the book? Where do you, where do you yep. want people to go? That's a great spot. Go to my website, mollydefrank.com, D-E-F-R-A-N-K. And you know, if you order the book, you make sure you go check out my website. Cause I, I made a bunch of freebies for you when you buy the book. So if awesome. you're... Yeah, if you've been listening and you're like, I'm in, but you talk to your husband about it, he's like, heck no, then I made this guide for you. It's called a spousal convincer guide. So save your marital strife, hand them this guide. It's It'll you know address their most common objections, stuff like that. Also sample scripts for how to break the news to the kids. That's the scariest part. That's the worst part of all this is telling your kids, we're taking it all away for two weeks. So I, I got some, some state, you don't have to copy it verbatim, but just if it gives you some ideas for how to talk to them about it, that's on there. Um, all kinds of screen-free fun play ideas for you. So so check that out for sure. That's That's priceless. That's amazing. Wow, great. So mollydefrank.com. You can find her on Instagram, Molly DeFrank, and yeah. read the book so you don't have to read all the other books. Hallelujah. This is so great. <laughs> Molly, thank you so, so much. 
everybody out there, go take a minute, go take two weeks and make a huge mess with your kids face to face. You're going to, you have risk either way is what I'm hearing. You have risk out in the world and you have risk by using electronics. Let's involve our children in our relationships. Let's uh, increase our health. Let's set the set the trajectory of their lives and even our lives in a way that's more grounded in the earth and in what we love and in each other. Let's do it for two weeks. Make a huge mess. Thanks again, Molly. Thanks, Carly. Bye, you guys. Hey, if you're loving what you're hearing and you want to know more, I invite you to go over to carlythornock.com and you can pick up a free guide. These are the three biggest mistakes that people make when setting up their houses. And I don't want you to make the same mistakes. And of course, in true Carly fashion, you know, it's going to be a lot less about the house and a lot more about your perspective about the house, but with some good housey tips thrown in, go over to carlythornock.com and you can pick up that today.